This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. Ed Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We will start things out here tonight by going straight to your phone calls, because that's what the point of the show is. We go first to Ziggy in the U.K. on the amp line. Hello, Ziggy. Hi, guys. Okay, at the start of this conversation, I will point out I am an atheist, but I am fed up with atheists wanting to use the state to enforce their beliefs. Okay, give me an example. Well, for instance, I was speaking to um, some atheists, uh, funny enough, over over your side of the pond, and I said, look, if you're concerned about education, set up your own schools. And I said, oh, no, the state school should be the bastion of secularism. <laughs> and I said, not necessarily. And personally, you know, if you want to ensure that your kids are getting the education you want, then you should set up your own schools. Yeah, why would you want to spend the rest of your life, I mean, the rest of your adult life as a parent, however many, 18, 25, however many kids you have, could be a long time, why would you want to spend all of that time eternally battling it out with the forces of the organized religious people? I mean, they are constantly going to be pushing to have their Bible and their belief system in the schools, as you will be constantly pushing against them to try to eliminate the Bible and and the religious belief system from the schools, and no one is ever going to really win for too long, so Someone's always going to get a leg up on another, and then they're going to, the, you know, the tides are going to turn, and the the roles are going to reverse, and you know, it's going to go on and on. Why not take your suggestion? I think it's a brilliant idea, Ziggy. I, well, except that uh, they force me to pay for this state school, and then they, um, you know, uh, you know, th- then they f- teach people uh, contrary to what I believe. Okay, I mean, at the present system, I do think that, I mean, over here we have a problem because church and state are still intertwined, and. The problem, the problem is that you do get, you know, religious education is still mandatory on the curriculum. Really? But the only, huh. only religion you, you learn in, in, in state schools is, you know, Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, it's religious education, not, you know, Christian education. You know, uh, the fact is that, you know, there are other religi- religious people who live here. And, sure. You know, I, 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 I and also the, the state here has this really awful scheme um, where basically a faith organisation can stomp up a few million pounds, and the government will then stomp, uh, put in um, something like twenty-five million to start a faith-based school. Um, and so basically, the government is paying for. Um, you know, so they're getting subsidies. Teaching people religion. Yeah, so the, the religious schools are getting subsidies from the government, then, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah basically. And funny enough, um, atheism is excluded. Yeah. Uh, that, does, that does, you know, piss me off. Well... I, I see where you were coming from earlier, Mark, when you say that you're concerned because your taxpayer dollars are, are going towards these uh, religious, religiously bent schools, and mm-hmm. I can understand that, but that's not a justification uh, to use force to, Im- to inculcate kids with your belief system. You, you don't uh, win by lowering yourself to the level of those people who would uh, use the state to indoctrinate others, so you can only win by withdrawing your kids 
from the state school system, putting them in your approved school, whether it be an atheist school or secular school or a religious school that's not the state-run school. You can only just take actions for yourself and your family, put them in the, uh, the place where they should be, and then if you really want to take the next step, instead of bitching and moaning about how they're taking your money and spending it in ways you don't like, stop giving them money. You know, well, I was, go ahead. No, go ahead, Wayne. I mean, you know how hard it is to stop giving the money. No, it's pretty easy. You just don't write the check. Right. Well, the best, the best solution is that the state doesn't run education. Well, another, sure. another interesting twist to this whole discussion is that in Germany, traditionally, when you pay your taxes, it, it asks you what church you belong to. And if you put down a church, the government pays your church for you. Your taxes go up about 10% or whatever. So you, the it, government tithes for you, basically? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then if you get married, you have to join wow. a church. So then a lot of people don't want to get married because then their taxes go, go up by up. 10%. That's amazing. I also, I also want to um, point something out. You know, the, the thing is you don't want to go to the French system where the French have a real hang-up about secularism. So much so that, for instance, Muslim girls are not even allowed to wear a, a shawl in, in, in the classroom. Oh, and wow. Jews aren't allowed to wear a skull cap. And I think when you go to that extent, you're just going to cause problems. Sure. Because, you know, well, you're just swinging the pendulum in the other direction. Stuff. All yeah. you're doing there is swinging the pendulum in the other direction towards secularism, exactly. where all the yeah. religious people will be offended that they're having secularism forced down their throat. Right. So why can't we just honor other people's choices and not really? try to impose them, use the government to exactly. impose our morality? Now, socialists do the same thing because socialists have a certain... Um, mora- um, morality or, or uh, that they want to ram down other people's throats also, like mass redistribution of income is, is basically a kind of, it's almost like a religious belief to some so-called progressives, mm-hmm. and, and that's using the state as well. Then you have people who are really religious who want to use the state to do things of, in favor of religions. So either way, it, it creates division and resentment among the, the public. And that's what the state does best, is it, it pits groups against one another, and the, the battle, the, it never ends. Because there's always someone who wants to get in control of the reins of power, and someone who doesn't want to let go, and there you go, and, they're and off re- to the races. And reward their friends and punish their enemies. Yeah. Every time. Ziggy, yeah. any other thoughts, sir? Go ahead. Um, uh, yeah, um, I, I, um, yesterday you had a caller on who um, was doing the old Jewish conspiracy thing. Oh. You know, when I hear this, I always feel like I'm being left out of something because I'm Jewish and I don't control anything. Yeah, where's your, <laughs> where are your secret meetings you can attend? What, yeah. Where are the clubs? Are you counting money right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> you rolling, over? rolling around <laughs> like a, Hey, dude, th- did you say you're rolling a joint? That's what he said. <laughs> right on. Well, have a good night, man, and enjoy. Thank hey, you, bye. sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's midnight over there, the UK. Five hours out. Yeah. So, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Wayne, did you hear about what happened over the weekend at the Libertarian Party convention? I understand that didn't come out so well. Not if you love liberty, at least. Uh, I know. If you like pragmatism and selling out principles, then it went well. And Christine Smith, who was one of the Libertarian presidential candidates, or I guess candidates for the nomination, one of the more principled ones, as I understand it. I don't know Christine very well. She did get in touch with me at one point uh, requesting an interview, and and I told her what I would tell anybody that, that calls and requests an interview, especially someone running for political office, and that is that, you know, this isn't candidate's corner. We don't spend time on all of the libertarian candidates that are out there because that's all we'd end up doing because there are a lot of them but, but you interviewed mm-hmm. mary ruart we did that's because uh she's a personal favorite of mine and uh she didn't come to me asking for the interview i went well, to why, her why is that a reason that 
that you went to her as opposed to sh- sh- she coming to you. Well, I don't know. I would have given it to her if she'd come to me, too. Right. Just, so, I was just pointing that out. There you go. Yeah. So um, it's a personal favorite. And, yeah. you know, I mean, you run the show the way you want to run the show. Right. That's, so, that's being the program But director. Christine Smith, had Mary Ruart not got it in, gotten into the race, Christine Smith, I think, would have, from my rudimentary understanding of her positions, she would have been a good choice, I think. Uh, her and Steve Cubby as well. And so she has some thoughts about what happened at the Libertarian Party convention over the weekend we'll get to that here in moments but first we go to scott in winnipeg you're on free talk live scott hi guys how you doing hey what's on your mind Uh, i want to talk really quickly uh lately you've been talking about video games a lot uh on the show about you know them warping the minds of teenagers (laughs) and uh it made me think back to I'm, i'm 35 when i was a teenager uh we had you know, the PMRC, I don't know if you recall that. Uh, Mark Wright might remember that. Where they I, I remember the, the first, name. What is it? Uh, the Parents Musical Resource Center. It was Tipper Gore, and she Tipper wanted to Gore. put you know, stickers yeah. on, on CDs or records back then. You were you in know, prison at that time, I think, Mark. And, and no, they no, had congressional not. hearings. They had all these things where, uh, you know, Frank Zappa got involved, Dee Schneider got involved. Yeah. So what did that do? Well, I'll tell you what I did. Okay, so I taped it off my friend. Like, what was the big deal? Doing that kind of stuff but, doesn't oh. stop anything. They talk about giving the parents the tools. My dad never came to buy records with me. It's retarded. <laughs> Hang on, Scott. You know, I don't know if you have more, but we'll bring you back if you do. 800-259-9231. The history of attempted censorship and suppression of ideas, music, books, literature. You know, it just hasn't been very successful. You try to shut something down, and it just pops up a 100 times stronger more it, coming it, up. It gives it uh, publicity. Yep, more on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. They include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Both are free for you. So enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing your extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. Get off that fad diet roller coaster forever. Check out notfatanymore.com. We go back to Scott in Winnipeg, if he's still there, which I believe he is. Scott, are you there? I am, yeah. yeah All right. Here. You're commenting on the issue of video games. We've been talking about the uh, the video game violence controversy, and we had Jack Thompson, Danny Ladone on, on the show over the weekend, and uh, callers have called in since then to talk about it. And you were talking about back in the early 90s when they had this parents' commission or whatever that was, this was where they had the explicit lyrics label? Yes, it was, it was in the uh, mid-80s, about 84, 85. And uh, so they started putting stickers on records and blah, blah, big deal. Now what do you want to do if you can't go to the store? You'll just you'll download it. So you're driving people away from the store and downloading it. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I'm surprised that some of these people can't remember what it was like to be a teenager themselves. I remember easily what it was like for me 20 years ago growing up. And if you want something, you're going to get it. If you want a joint, you'll get it. If <laughs> sure. you want a record, you'll get it. If you want to see an R-rated movie, you, you, there's ways to do that. Um, 
Yeah, what is it that's going through their head? I mean, are they do they think that they can just tweak things a little and finally make it so kids can't get their hands on the things that they want? Do they think that it's just that the generation before them just effed it up and they can do it right? I mean, what is it that what's the mindset there? I think some of these people are just scared because of change and but really if you look at it, things haven't changed much. Twenty years ago, we had emo kids when I was growing up, okay? They weren't called emo kids. They listened to The Cure, they shaved their head, and they cut themselves. That was going on 20 years ago. <laughs> yep, I think they called no? those art fags. <laughs> Is that what they were yeah, called back then? They just, you know, them. they have a new name now, and they listen to different music, but the, the thing's the same. Interesting. Uh, I'm just, you know, there are probably people that did that in the 70s. I, I just, they're out of touch with reality. Like, let people, it comes down to your values and what you learn when you grow up. Mm-hmm. I, I played video games. I used to cut myself as a teenager. I really? I to, to make it. Oh, yeah, I did. My arm, not very deep, just... <laughs> It felt cool, you know. That's really <laughs> so you felt cool while you well, were slicing your arms open? I think there's a... B- 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 go ahead, I know. answer the question. I was dumb. Dumb teenager. But well, it felt, I before mean, you it go on, I'd aren't like we to, all, Scott? I'd like, I'd like to, all? to make a differentiation here. To you drink your blood? There's... <laughs> Uh, I have, yeah. There's a difference between, like, you know, dragging a razor across your arm and, and making a little cut so that you'll get a little scar. Yeah. And, you know, that's, it's essentially a tattoo. What's the difference between a tattoo? Putting ink in it? It's a tattoo well, to cut yourself. I mean, yeah, you're right. There, there are, there's levels to they're, everything. Yeah, right? they're both uh, uh, forms of self-mutilation in a sense. Right. I yeah. see. And But but people, you know, just because I, I used to do that, I've never... I, I, I think I've been I've punched a person one time in my entire life. You know what I mean? Uh, just because you listen to Megadeth and and stuff like that doesn't mean you're gonna go out and go crazy. If people nope. are crazy, they're crazy. You know, something might set them off. It might be a video game. It might be a Judas Priest record. You don't know. Man, I, I've said this before. I think the last time I talked about it was when we had Danny Ladone on the show for the first time, the programmer of the Columbine, uh, Super Columbine Massacre RPG. And I, I feel a real kinship to Danny because uh, he said he was you know, having some trouble when he came out with that game, and that was sort of the, the way he had a release, I guess, and uh, that by creating that, it, it helped him understand the whole situation with the Columbine situation. And when I was in uh, high school, I actually uh, created a, a Doom modification that you could you could re- change virtually anything. It was like one of those first games that you, the users could really get in there and tweak things and change things around, make their own maps. Well, I made a graphics patch uh, for Doom that included that turned all of the monsters in the game into floating heads. They were the heads of the administrators and some of the <laughs> teachers at the the high school that I went to, nice. and each one of them had their it had its own death animation. Animation, which was inevitably violent and bloody, <laughs> and so you'd essentially you'd go around the game shooting at the teachers at the school. And it, man, if if somebody had gotten wind of me doing that back in the day, I I would have been strung up over that. Yep. Well, My parents were frightened to it's death. Certainly, if you did it today, yeah. certainly today. But even back then, it probably would not have gone over too well. This was what I think probably 1996 or 1997. Uh, but man, I mean, just look, especially today, I'd have been strung up on terrorism charges or something like that, attempted murder. I, who knows what they would have thrown at me? But it wouldn't have been good. Uh, so luckily for me, no one ever really got wind of it, and only a few of my friends saw it. <laughs> In 1987, when I was in grade 8, I wrote a short story about killing my teacher. Um, nobody thought I was going to go kill my teacher. I named him in the story as well, by mm. name. You know, I was, I was 13. I didn't like my teacher. That's what it boils down to. Yep. You know, kids talk. Some people are going to be violent. Whether, you know, just... It's just ludicrous to think I'm playing a violent video game. I'm going to go kill people. Well, maybe writing that story, maybe writing that story that you wrote actually helped you with some sort of an outlet. 
for well, your, that's why some people your keep thoughts. journals because it's an outlet for them. They might keep a journal and talk about the stuff they want to do to their boss. But, you know, there's a different level between thinking about it and, and doing something. Just because you might uh, even feel anger. You know, I, I've had fights with my wife. I've been really angry. I've never hit her. I've never used physical violence because, you know, some people might because that's who they are. I don't know why people get that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that... Um, you know, playing some role-playing game is going to push someone to, to want to beat people. Right. Um, if that was so, level, if, 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 if that was really, really so, then there would be a lot more people, a lot sure. more teenagers committing a lot right. more crimes um, for, you know, reasons that you could expect otherwise, um, and rather than looking at the demographics you'd have, and You'd have and kids running out. around yelling fatality before they shot people, and, you know, that's, no, that's not there's happening. No, there's no correlation that can be found. There might be, you know, there might be where, or sorry, no, no causation, I should say. You know, it might be a case where someone sees something, if they're already mad, already crazy, it might set them off, sure. But that could be anything. There's no yep. way to measure it. It could be watching, uh, who was it, uh, oh, that serial killer, I can't remember the name of that, that movie. Uh, the guy got sued, the director got sued because someone went out and killed people after watching the movie. You know, I can't Wow, I'm not sure which right one now, that would be, but there have been certainly um, plenty of serial killer movies and lots of violence yeah, yeah. to see on the, you know. Uh, the silver screen. Just, you know, people just need to grow up, take responsibility for responsibility for themselves, and teach the kids well, good that's... things. I have four kids. Okay, yep. they're all small. Um, my six-year-old loves to play on the computer and play internet video games. I, the only rule we have is no fighting games. You know, he's six; they can't quite tell reality from fiction at that point. If you're ten, thirteen, sorry, a thirteen-year-old knows the difference between reality and fiction. That's that's why I think people can't remember to when they're thirteen. They're not little. Dummies. Yeah, you know, I think yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that people, when uh, adults look down at children, and I think that at young Dude, people, yeah. and they think that they're stupid or they're you know they're just not as smart as they are as adults are because adults have been around longer. And while it may be true that you as an adult may be more experienced than uh, than a young person, that doesn't mean that they're inferior in any way mentally to you. In fact, one could argue they're you know the next step, the next generation, next bit more evolved than even you are, and. So their potential is even greater than uh, than what you could ever achieve. And I think that kids are a lot smarter than adults give them credit for. And I think that you're absolutely right when you hit on the point here. And thank you for the call, Scott. We appreciate it. I think you're absolutely right when you hit on the point that this is all about responsibility. It's about a feeling of responsibility for oneself. And to suggest that a video game, playing a video game, could alter someone's personality so drastically suggests that they aren't really responsible for their own actions, that the video game manufacturer is somehow responsible for their actions, which is More coming up. You take control. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. They include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go and download it right there from the front page of the website. For your downloaded convenience, freetalklive.com. It's all for free. He's the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The Anarcho-Capitalist Adventure Series continues at freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com as we continue with your phone calls. It's Matt in Illinois on the Ampline. Hello, Matt. 
are you guys doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind, sir? I know. Um, uh, it was the conversation went that way, and started talking about the video games again. In mm-hmm. the last couple of nights, I talked about my son um, running out in front of the cars and doing um, things uh, to try to impress his friends, uh, trying to be the classroom clown and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, it thought occurred to me that at 14 years of age, he's uh, perfectly capable of doing various work. Yes. And And if he could find a job... It might help settle them down and learn responsibility. Yeah, but the problem, the problem is most people can't. They don't either can't or won't hire fourteen-year-olds due to federal government uh, restrictions on how they can work. What about paper route? Exactly. Well, uh, whether he could do a paper route or not, I don't know, um, because most paper routes where he lives are done by people with cars. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we're, they're out kind of in the country, and you don't have uh, you know where. You have large uh, populations close together where you could maybe go. When I was a kid, I had a paper route, and I could go, oh, about 10 to 12 square block radius and there and deliver a lot of papers, whereas where he lives now, you couldn't do that. A lot more peddling, a lot less paper delivering. Right, exactly. Um, I was also a caddy, and there's not a country club near where he lives where he could be a caddy. Uh, and that, you know, for me, that was a great job. I'd go out and carry people's golf bags, spend a Saturday on the golf course all day long. I'd spend 12 hours there. Yeah, I mean, well, make, you'd, you'd meet some movers and shakers, that's for sure. And I'd make a lot of money. And there was a, a scholarship available that's probably still available. I don't know. Um, I, I even forget the name of it. But The, the yeah, caddy scholarship. Like, you can't, right, it was a caddying scholarship. I, I forget the name of it. Um, I'm sure they still have it. What about the grocery store? Do the the grocery stores hire youngsters around there? Down in Florida, Publix, uh, the major chain, uh, used to hire 14-year-olds down there. No, um, they're uh, unionized. I don't think they'd hire 14-year-olds. Baggers? The grocery baggers are unionized in Illinois? At at, uh, the two big stores, which are... Wow. What a scam. Those are great. Those are great entry level jobs, I think, for kids. I mean, now if it's unionized, then that means nobody. I mean, are they all a bunch of oldsters in there bagging groceries, or do they let young uh, kids no, join they the union? Kids. They they do have kids, um, but not not at fourteen. They they yeah. start at sixteen. Hmm. And okay. in fact, my, my, I was going to suggest my sixteen year old daughter go and get a job there because she's looking for work mm-hmm. and wants work, but they're just. People just don't hire 14-year-olds, nope. um, even even when they get permission from the parents. Uh, when my older son was 14, he got hired because we lied about it. Hmm. We told them he was 16. Good uh, for you. So we, we could do that, too. I, I think suppose. that's a good move. That's a good idea because then but, if, uh, you know, their major concern with not hiring him is it's not because they don't want to help him. It's not because they don't want to give him a job. It's because of the federal government's rules that make it a, into a very litigious situation. So if you were to hire that 14-year-old in and not give him the 50 breaks a day that they're mandated by law to have or however many it is, well, then they're concerned a, that you're going to sue and then they're going to get in trouble. So if you're the one that actually lied about his age, then you could claim that I mean, if they, first of all, you're not going to sue them. You're not going to absolve them of uh, some but, responsibility. Yeah, then they aren't as uh, as liable in that case. So that's a great idea. Right. Well, and and the problem there, 
um, becomes that I'm no longer living at home, and so there there's a problem with getting him to and from work. Mm. Um, if we were to find uh, a place to, for him to work. When I was there at home, there was one of us that was around that could drive uh, um, my older son back and forth. Uh, either I was home from work or Dina hadn't left yet. So you don't live um, somewhere where he could just hop on a bicycle or take a city bus or something? There's a few places around um, where he could do that. Because uh, that's the way to go. I mean, I working close yeah, to home, sort of the, you know, this, I think that's the way to go for a, for an entry-level job. That's what I did when I was 16. I, you know, I couldn't drive yet, so I walked half a mile or whatever it was to the to the Kmart shopping center and went to work. Doesn't it means you don't have to be res, you don't you don't have to rely on mom and dad's schedule in order to go and be able to actually get the job done. I had to walk a mile well, yeah, I mean, to work in bare feet in the snow. <laughs> Where were you working? You could work in bare feet, place. Wayne. The factory. Oh, okay. Uh, but the, the the thing I was going to say is that perhaps this uh, Jack, whatever his name is, the guy who uh, is is all uh, Jack Thompson against yeah against the uh, games. Perhaps he should um, concentrate on these uh, child labor laws, getting rid of them. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. I I get the feeling that people like Jack are all into per, uh, to, you know to protecting children and coddling them and you know making it so they don't have to really experience all the harsh reality of the world. How much more protected can you be than at a nice, safe factory learning a nice, safe trade? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What kind of factory were you working in, Wayne? I worked in a manufacturing plant that made scissors and uh, on one half of the plant, and they made winches on the other. And actually, I even worked in a factory before that one, but I've worked, I worked in several. And but how old were you at that time? I started, I was 16. Oh, okay. Yeah, 16. And, and I actually worked in the same factory in one of them, but I was, I'd go in on the weekends and shampoo the rugs uh, in the offices because people would come in and track grease in, on the rugs. And mm-hmm. so once a week, I would vacuum and shampoo them, and that was how I bought my first car. How did you get that gig? My dad. Ah, okay. Nepotism. Yes, nepotism. <laughs> but I did a good job. Then I mowed the lawns at the corporate headquarters well, in the summer. I w- I, I, don't discount the people that you know as far as oh, great no, ways to get jobs. Just they poking are, fun. They really all. are great great ways to get jobs. But you know what? There was a retirement community behind our house. In the wintertime, I would uh, go and offer to, to shovel their walk for a quarter. Mm-hmm. And it was worth more than a quarter, but i just charge a quarter. If they wanted to give me more, they, they could. And they always did. And that was another way I, I saved money. So there's a lot of ways you can, if you're entrepreneurial, even at, at 14 years old or 13 years old, you can make money. That was going to be another suggestion, yeah, you know, mowing lawns, doing odd jobs, that sort of thing. And it's it's certainly not as necessarily consistent, but it's great experience because what what better time to learn entrepreneurship than when you're living at home and you don't have to worry about all kinds of bills to get paid. Right. I mean, Nobody's going to pay your bills in life uh, except you, so you might as well learn how to do these things. Yeah, it, it's a great experience at that and age. I think that we do our children a, 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 a large disservice by not allowing them to get jobs until they're 16. I agree. Well, part of it's the minimum wage. The minimum wage is so high that an employer would rather hire somebody with a little experience or more maturity at that at that minimum wage level. And the unions love it because the higher they drive up the minimum wage, the, the more smaller the differential between the minimum wage and, and the union wage, the better it is for union workers. Because right. the employer says, okay, I can hire this minimum wage person for X number of dollars per hour, for a little more, I can get this union guy who's ex- su- supposedly experienced. Yeah, n- no doubt that the, uh, lar- by and large, the people that are in the unions do a better job than you know just unskilled people. But but how how much of this uh, you know with this with the minimum wage going up, how much does that actually encourage all the so-called uh, all these illegal aliens coming over to work 
for under the minimum wage when you when it used to be that teenagers and, and people like that took these jobs. Sure, teenagers, uh, people with uh, physical ailments, homeless people, people just scraping by. Those are going to be the people that are going to take those low-end, low-skilled jobs to get their uh, feet in the first few rungs of the ladder of affluence. But you're right. I mean, having the minimum wage kicks out those rungs and also having all these regulations because it's also the regulations that are just so they're just so onerous. I mean, for these business owners, I don't know what they are for 14-year-olds, but I know it's worse than it was than uh, for 16-year-olds and when you're 16, I think it's, you know, a minimum of a 15-minute break every, every two four hours or something, hours yeah, or something like that. I mean, the, the regulations are pretty extreme, and they get worse when it gets to age 14. And I hated it when I was 16 working at Kmart because I was back there alone, and I had customers that needed help, and I didn't want to go on break many times. And, and, what, and what was that break accomplish anyway? You sit in the break you room? You sit there. Uh, yeah, that's all you do. I mean, more, it's not like there's anything going on in the break room. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at the Free Talk Live store. We've got Free Talk Live branded merchandise like T-shirts, hats, hoodies, DVD classic archive collector sets, and more. Go and take a look, load up your shopping cart, store.freetalklive.com. Since we're talking about young people, let's continue the discussion and give you, I guess, a quick update here on a couple of young people that were kidnapped from their home. Their home was a place called Strong City, New Mexico. And this followed the instance of uh, mass kidnapping in Texas, which I'm sure you've heard about, the FLDS, Fundamentalist Jesus Christ, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, they had one of their sects raided by the police, and they came in and stole over 400 children. It was a pretty tragic story, and of course we're continuing to watch that. But then shortly thereafter, a different religious group, the Strong City compound in New Mexico was raided. I, I guess raid's not the correct term. They showed up with uh, CPS workers, or in this case, CFYD or CYFD, rather. Same organization. They just changed the letters around in different states. Well, it's a different organization, but you know, each, each state has its own organization well, it's, like this. It's yeah. men and women calling themselves uh, government, going and stealing children from people. And they went in and they took uh, teenagers in this case. Uh, they, they took a couple of uh, one 16-year-old, one 15-year-old, and one 13-year-old. And according to StrongCity.info, Michael Traviser, he is the head, uh, the, man, the, the man behind the cult. He claims to be, uh, you know, the son of God or whatever. That's what he claims. And he wears a robe and he's... He's not the first person to claim to yeah. be the son of God. And I would say in a free country, you should be allowed to be, um, claim that you're the son of God. As a matter of fact, yeah. I'm going to claim right now... I'm the son of God. And people should be allowed to follow you and uh, worship you and lay with you naked in bed if they want to. And that's what he got accused of, was uh, was inappropriately touching these girls. He didn't actually get accused of having sex with them, because that didn't actually happen. They wanted to have sex with him, but he claims he turned it down. The girls also claimed that he turned it down. Uh, but he did lay naked in bed with these teenage girls, and again, that was at their request. Uh, according to their own blog posts. 
And here's an update from him. He says, I've just received two emails from the grandmothers of two of our children who were taken from their homes by the government bureaucrats. They both reported that Phyllis from the CYFD said they could not visit with their 16-year-old grandchildren anymore. The reason that CYFD gave for taking the children from here is that I might hurt them. Do they now think that their grandmothers will hurt them while visiting them in the CYFD offices? One boy taken is 16. The police from Washington State and New Mexico reported that they don't go after children who run away from home when they're 16. One police officer from Clayton said that a 16-year-old can have sex with whomever she likes. In most states in America, it's 16 that's the age of consent uh, for teens. So he's making some really good points here, Mr. Traviser. I mean, he might be a crazy religious nut job, but he's got his head on straight when it comes to the government uh, stealing children from people. So what is the reason for this? Well, as he goes on to talk about, and I won't read his uh, long rambling, the rest of his rambling post, but as he goes on to point out, this is about religion. This is about his unusual religion being persecuted by those who are in the state halls of power. They're, they're just going after him. What other reason could there be to prevent these kids from seeing their grandmothers at that age? What other excuse? I mean, if I'm missing something, please let me know. I, I can't imagine. I mean, to me, it's just bizarre stuff. They, they have no accountability, I guess, is the reason. He says, uh, it seems, just skipping down a bit, he says, it seems like the true motive for the kidnapping is slipping out. If the children were going to be hurt by me, it would have happened many years ago. I've known these kids for most of their lives. Suddenly, CYFD imagines quite conveniently that now the children will be hurt by their grandmothers while in the CYFD offices. He says, I think now that Phyllis needs some psychological counseling. There's something very wrong with her thinking. And I have to agree. Why would anyone ever think that it would be okay to go and take children away from somebody else? who's clearly not actually physically harming them in any way. I understand you think that the religious teachings are inappropriate or that the religion is is different from you, but if you were to think about going and taking some kids from another family because you disagreed with their religious beliefs, then that would open up the door to anybody who disagreed with your religious beliefs to come and take your kids away from you. So Right, just because your religious belief happens to be uh, the popular one or close to the popular one, that doesn't really, uh, you know, that doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it's, it doesn't absolve uh, the responsibility to protect the people who are on the fringe. It's a free country. People should be allowed to have whatever religions they want, and they should be allowed to have children and have those religions. This, uh, you know, these are fundamental human rights here. And, uh, you know, I feel like they're just being violated by these, uh, these organizations that apparently, apparently they've got nothing better to do. And we haven't heard anything new on the FLDS situation, but as we hear more things, we will certainly bring it to you here because this is one of the more tragic situations that I think this country has uh, has encountered, certainly in recent times. To have people be able to, these government people just be able to go into people's homes, steal their children from them, and have virtually no consequences to pay for it. Even if the FLDS kids have to be sent back home as it Seems like there might be a slight possibility of that happening because of certain uh, judge uh, judicial decisions that have said that essentially the raid was inappropriate in the first place, that it you know was based on no evidence, and they've they've essentially thrown out the raid after the fact legally, but it hasn't gotten the kids sent back to their homes yet. So yeah, there's a chance that some order is going to come down and these kids are going to get sent back, but. That doesn't undo all of the damage that has been done, nor will a cash payment undo the damage that has been done. It's 
it's just awful what they've done to these kids. I understand that you may disagree vehemently with the FLDS lifestyle or Strong City or whatever you know weird religion is going on here. You may vehemently disagree with it. But the fact is, it's not your family. And so it's none of your effing business. Leave no, these it, people alone. Because if you keep messing with people like this, it's going to come back to you eventually, whether it's your kids or your personal belief system or your favorite hobby or whatever it is, the grass growing too high in your yard. Whatever it is, someday some bureaucrat's going to take an interest in you and going to decide that you have violated some arbitrary law that you didn't even know existed and or you'll it may end not up be in a jail you. cell. It may not be you. It may be your children that they decide to go after or somebody that you know, a friend of yours, someone you love. Sure. If you if you just ignore it and 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 you know act like it's okay that they go after these people, the next time it comes around, it's gonna be you know it it, it could hurt you, it could hurt someone you love, and that stinks. There's been a long history of things like this happening throughout America. Even in the early days, a lot of the colonies were established by certain uh, uh, religious sects who had intolerance towards others and kicked them out or persecuted them or whatever, and and it's. You know, people come, have come to this country for freedom of religion. Even if you have no religion, you still mm-hmm. have to honor that. Well, most people do. I think on an individual day-to-day basis. Sure, they most, ignore it. Yeah, well, well okay. That's Why good should, enough. Yeah, that's, that's, and it's fine. Yeah. And it's not like these people are pushing it in your face either. It's not like they're Jehovah's Witnesses uh, coming door to door. The, if they were, it doesn't. It still doesn't matter. Jehovah's no. Witnesses, they may come to your door, and it's a little annoying. It's part of their religion, but sure. you know, you can just you can. They put will, up a no soliciting sign. Well, put a fence up in your front yard. You, just you can tell deal them, with it. You could just tell them um, that you're not interested, and they actually try to put you on a list. I mean, come you to know. the door naked or something like that. You can have fun with them. I mean, it's no. Yeah, I agree with you, Mark. It's not even a big deal when they come to your door. But look, these people are going to have a front. You see, this is the thing. Is, uh, People, people imagine that they can put up a front door, and the, uh, you know, a big front door with a welcome sign and the whole thing, and then somehow the Jehovah's Witnesses are supposed to know you're not interested in them. Mm. They're not welcome. Well, if you don't want people coming to your house, put up a fence, put your front door around the side, just have a, a garage door that you control with a remote. Yeah. I mean, if, if you really don't want people coming to your front door, don't say welcome. Mm. That's a good point. is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Uh, In fact, uh, we're going to go here to an email from Sean. He says, I'm a podcast listener, so I'm emailing my feedback. I listen to the show generally because you have intelligent conversation with different viewpoints. Well, here's the viewpoint I think you've been missing regarding the FLDS situation. What about liberty for the children? In deriding the government for infringing upon the liberty of the parents, you've neglected the fundamental purpose of their raid, to provide the children with the same liberty you have today. Hmm. He says a lot more here, and we're going to get into that coming up in hour number two, but I have to say I fundamentally disagree. So, um, to you have to take away the children's liberty, put them in little little compounds. Uh, you know, the government has to take them away and put them in some place called, what, the Forum or something like that? Um, the Expo Center. Yes. In order to give them liberty, you have to take away their liberty? Apparently. Yeah, that's dumb. Well, he's going to argue Do the that- children want to go back home? Yes. Yes, but well, but they don't know any better. Well, he's going to ar- yes, he's going to argue that they were not they did not have liberty before and that now they have more liberty because of what the government has done. Well, those yep. are those were allegations anyway. In fact, it was an anonymous tip that wasn't substantiated and later discredited. So, it was all bogus. We're going to look into this pretty this deep is a here in moments. This sick sick person that uses the term liberty, um, you know, uh, just cavalierly. They, they, they call the opposite of liberty, liberty. These are the 1984 doublespeak people. 
More with uh, Sean's email. He's got a lot more to say, and we'll dig through it here. Take your calls as well about whatever you want to talk about. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. There's a reason it doesn't sound like the old media. Which of those court justices are going to sit there and err on the side of your Fourth Amendment? That's because it's the new media. Dan Carlin. Common sense. I think fast and I talk fast and the people that like this program can deal with that. Common sense with Dan Carlin. A free-thinking, politically independent view of things from a man who's had way too much caffeine. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Start things out this hour with an email from Sean. He uh, says, I'm a podcast listener, so I'm emailing my feedback, and... Uh, I listen to the show generally because you have intelligent conversation with different viewpoints. Well, here's the viewpoint I think you've been missing regards to the FLDS situation, the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. What about liberty for the children? In deriding the government for infringing upon the liberty of the parents, you've neglected the fundamental purpose of their raid, to provide the children with the same liberty that you have today. You're forgetting that these children are raised in a complete vacuum, that they don't have the freedom to choose the way they want to live, or even their religion because they don't know anything about other lifestyles and religions. My question would be here, and I understand where he's um, where he's coming from. I sure I, I don't think this religion is uh, you know is great. I we don't. didn't forget that for a moment. We um, understand completely yeah. they're isolated. But the um, the question here would be if you read that sentence again, just insert any religion in there and any anybody's home. My kids are isolated to some extent. Uh, you know, currently I've got a baby, but I, you know, just because. Um, you know, th- th- I have my religion in my home. It's similar. You know, it's the religion I like, and and whatever. So I'm I don't propagate some other religion to my children. Some parents decide, well, I'm going to expose my children to lots of religions. Mm-hmm. But I don't think those children actually take those religions very seriously because they're not presented as this is the truth. That's how people's, um, mm-hmm. you know, people with strong religious convictions likely they've been presented as though this religion is the truth. So. You know, however you uh, intend to raise your child is the way you intend to raise your child, and someone could come and say that this is the wrong way to do it. Sure. Whether or not that's, uh, you know, uh, raising them in some kind of 19th century style, um, you know, where they you know, dress in funny dresses and don't use electricity or whatever it is that these people do, or whether it's now and today. Just because most people do it this way doesn't mean that those children of most people are free. They're not. It's true. No child is free. That's the, uh, the that's that's the position. It's the nature of being a child, a ward of the parent. I, I certainly believe that young people should be able to liberate themselves when they choose. And I think that what we have today is a situation where government actually prevents that from happening. In fact, we've been uh, told stories. Uh, we read a story from a former member of the FLDS church who, when she was a young lady, she attempted to escape and she went. She ended up in the hands of the government people because, well, she probably thought that's where she was supposed to go or maybe that's where she ended up. But whatever. The point is the government people took her back 
to the compound, which she just spent a whole lot of time and effort to try to escape from. So the government situation that we have today actually uh, forces kids to stay with parents that they may not necessarily agree with. But by his logic, by Sean's logic, uh, if it's okay, and he'll go on to justify the use of force here in a little bit, but, but if it's okay to go into the FLDS compound because you believe that the the parents are uh, isolating their children from the world and from more choices and more options well then then by that logic it must be okay to go in and take away the children from african tribesmen because they spend their entire life in an african tribe and they never had the opportunity to experience what it's like to be a businessman in london or what it's like to be a you know a tennis pro or what it's like to you know believe different belief systems they never even come across uh, many of the wonderful luxuries of life that that we have here so if it's if it's tragic that flds children are uh, sh- shut off from the world what about the rest of everyone else in the world that hasn't had the opportunities to experience as much as you have had. Is it okay to go and physically remove those children from their parents simply because you believe that they should have a more expanded lifestyle than they currently do? That's the logic he's using here. That's right. Well, what about in the public schools? They have a certain set of beliefs they teach kids about climate change and all these things that other people might not believe in. Why don't we pluck kids out of those uh, those situations because they're not learning all the different viewpoints? Right. As a matter of fact... What is a perfect parent? I, you know, right here here in Keene, New Hampshire, there are some uh, some kid-drawn signs that are very cute in all the local businesses. They went around, they passed these out. The local elementary stool, school put these things together. Elementary stool. Excuse me. They, um, <laughs> they, uh, they're Doesn't called, tell people to stop uh, driving or walk whatever? Walk more, uh, idle less is the, uh, the, the theme. And every yeah. one of these pictures says walk more, idle less. And they cars have, are bad. Right. They, they essentially have the theme that walking good is good and cars yeah. are bad. And, you know, they're, so they're propagating this uh, this philosophy. What if it's my job to make cars mm. and you're doing this to my kid? What if I'm an auto mechanic and you're doing this, um, you're educating my child in this manner? What if I'm a roughneck and uh, two months, I'm two weeks on, two weeks off out in the Gulf of Mexico and this is where I decide to live and I drill for oil for a living? Mm. Then you're educating my child that daddy's bad, daddy drills mm-hmm. for oil, oil's bad, oil's killing mother earth. <laughs> well, how about the- you know, and, and that's the indoctrination these kids go through. All children are indoctrinated. Every single one of them. I'm sorry. That's what education is. And the the simple fact that these people are educating their children differently than you would want to see them educated does not, does not, not for one second, absolve the the bureaucrats of the responsibilities they take in, in kidnapping these children. And like we were saying a few weeks ago, we don't have the statue of conformity in New York City. Mm. And, and it's a matter of whose values are you want to, want to ram down these kids' throats? Who's better? Who's, who's, who's good? Who's bad here? Uh, you know, it, it, it makes me crazy because, yeah. we, because we're making value judgments on, on, on um, who's a good parent, who isn't. And I like yeah, to, who are you to say? I think, exactly. I think How we dare can, you? I think we can make value judgments on who's a good parent and who isn't. I think that's what uh, you know, sort of discernment is about. But taking action is the next Using wrong step. Using force, um, you know, to, 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 to send government agents in, essentially hired hitmen um, to, to kidnappers, kidnap, kidnap, to kidnap people's children. No, that's not right. It's not okay. It's not yeah, it's good. Two wrongs certainly don't make a right. It, you know, it makes more it's, sense. It's not even two wrongs in that point. One is uh, a perceived you know, wrong, right? A, a, you know, a bad, uh, what I consider the wrong way to raise children, and uh, the other one is, well, it's are we teaching children that it's okay to hire hitmen? 
Apparently, yes. That's yes. all right to teach them. You know, uh, I, I also I was going to say, Ian, that I like the concept of emancipation, that children up to a certain age are under the protection and guidance of their parents, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you agree with it or not. Now, there are a few exceptions. You know, if, there, if there's clearly bad abuse in that family, the kid's getting locked in the closet for weeks on end and being fed under the door, whatever it might be, then you might want to organize a group of friends to break in there and, and rescue them. Now, they may go back, but it's still... Um, you know, it's it's a fuzzy area here as to whether or not you want there's to no, Yeah, there's certainly no solid lines right. that can be drawn. There's no great answer. The fact is, um, you know, when, when it comes to real, live, awful, terrible child abuse where the child should be removed from the home, there's no good answer. But I'll tell you what a good answer isn't is, insta- you know, what, what we, we show proof on this show all the time. It, and this is, um, this is a great example of, well, this organization that we put in place to stop this has failed. It's I turned into something ugly and disgusting well have you paid your taxes before uh yeah but i didn't put the organization in place just because i gave up you money financed to a, it just because i gave up money to an armed gang doesn't mean that i did had anything to do with what they did with the money but there's, there's an arms armed sub gang of people who have been trained to intervene in these situations and and sometimes i think they're being grossly overzealous now just because they have the funding and they have the staff and they've got all the training and they're untouchable and well they're there's not much for them to do Exactly, Either. unless they find somebody who's an abuser or uh, children in a bad situation. Well, but, if FLDS is, uh, or if the kids are returned to the compound, you can better believe that none of those CYD or whatever the hell it is, CPS bureaucrats, are going to be held responsible for the actions they took. None of those cops that went in there with their, uh, with their tank and with their machine guns, and none of the, uh, the CYD bureaucrats are going to get in trouble. So the kids will be returned, maybe, maybe, that hasn't even been a decided thing yet, so that if the kids get returned that's where it'll end then they've had all the damage done the uh, these uh, these people have uh, they've warped their minds beyond the the parameters the parents would have originally wanted them to uh, to understand and there's no one doing that so no one will ever be held accountable for this if they get their kids back. That's the best they can hope for at this point right. is just to get and their kids back. What this, what this is is this is essentially by the government an indictment against anyone who holds a belief in anything you cannot you anything cannot, unpopular, you mean? Well, anything, period. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter whether popularity. Popularity is just how many people agree with it. But if you believe anything as the truth that is in some way subjective, and that's what these people believe, that that's what their religion is, it's, it's a subjective um, thing that they believe to be the truth, and you try to tell your children in that manner that you believe it as the truth, well, sorry, we can call that abuse. Sean has more to say here in his email. We'll continue that and take your calls as well about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. He wants to talk about the arranged marriages of teenage girls and how that's a bad thing. And uh, I don't agree with it. Come back with more. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And those features include the wiki, over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com, get interactive, and edit virtually anything you see there. W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation help, can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, and trademarks. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. I've done it. It is, in fact, fast and easy. 
800-259-9231. Continuing to, uh, to discuss the FLDS situation, Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as you know, about two months ago, they had a, a police raid on one of their compounds in Texas, it resulted in over 400 children of oh, quite a wide variety of ages, uh, from teens all the way down to little babies, being stolen from their parents. Uh, the courts have, uh, one court has ruled that the raid was was wrong, that it essentially been has, throw, it has been thrown out after the fact, but it hasn't resulted in the kids being returned to the, the homes of the parents yet, and we don't, we really don't know if it ever will. So we'll continue to follow the, the news updates here. But Sean in Tennessee had emailed to suggest that, well, it was okay uh, here that the government went and stole 400 children from their families because, well, they've been shielded from uh, the rest of the world. And in, and in Sean's opinion, that's, that's wrong. And so therefore, uh, be, therefore, it's okay for the government people to go in and steal these children from their loving homes and their parents because then they'll be exposed to more stuff. And therefore, that means they have more liberty. In Sean's, uh, from Sean's understanding, and I would agree, I would agree with him to some extent that if if they um, if children were say raised by the state or foster homes or whatever, that they would likely uh, you know these 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 children would would grow up with a larger understanding of what they could do in life. Now mm-hmm. I think that there are terrible things with being raised in foster homes and by the state, sure. um, but you know, but compared to FLDS, yeah, maybe okay. But, Maybe it it really depends. It, it depends on what happens at the uh, the orphanage or uh, foster um, care home that they are in. And that's not always good. It's not always right. good, and it's certainly not our decision to make. I do think that these kids would have a you know a larger understanding of the world. Hey, wow! I could be an astronaut. I could be an architect. I could be all kinds of different things. Rather than I'm going to do whatever it is that the uh, church elders tell me to do. I'm mm-hmm. going to marry at the age they tell me to marry. I'm going to uh, you know I'm going to marry to whom they they tell me to marry and all that other stuff but does it justify violence i don't think it does no the fact is um these these kids should the, the only thing i'm proposing is these kids should be able to leave their homes and not be returned by the state um, they, should able, they should be able to leave this compound make their decisions and honestly i can tell you i i don't care whether the kid's 16 when they want to leave 12 when they want to leave or nine when they want to leave or six when they want to leave Okay, if a six year old child wants to leave their home, I'm sorry, you know, but I'm going to say that that that's a superior solution to anything else we've got going this uh, child protective services. I don't think that a six year old will go far. I think that sure. their parents should follow after them. Likely all they're looking for at that point is some attention. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a friend of mine ran away. I ran away when I was a kid. When I was that young, I, I, I started walking down the road. Well, I couldn't get very far, for God's sakes. My world wasn't that big. And, yeah, you know, a friend of mine did the same thing. He rode away on his bike, and, well, you know, it started getting dark. He came home for dinner. With three cliff bars in his backpack. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, just before the break, Ian, you mentioned something that uh, you, about arranged marriages, about how this is so bad. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I don't agree with it myself, but, you know, I, one time I, t- I spoke with a woman from India who'd started discussing how they did it in their country. And as she explained it, it made a lot of sense to me. And I thought, okay, that's not, I mean, the, the way it was, according to this woman, was that you met someone from another family, and the families were friends first. They were compatible. And so you uh, you had a chance to basically court this person in this uh, friendly family. Hmm. And if you said, yes, I'd like to pursue it further, it would happen. And if you said, no, it wouldn't. And to me, that's not uh, completely um, ramming down somebody's no. throat. But, but that to me, that sounded fair. And it also sounded like, 
they probably have a much higher or lower incidence of a divorce because if the families are compatible, the values are compatible, whatever those values are, then there's a greater chance of a long-term relationship lasting. Maybe so. Let's go to your phone calls, and we'll continue the email here in a moment. Uh, John has some comments in my, uh, Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, John. Hey, thank you. Yes, sir. Hey, I, I, I agree with you totally, but I disagree with the way they went and t- took the kids out. That's my whole point about it. Well, who uh, could agree with it? I mean, it's it's, it's awful. Family. They stole children from people. Yeah, they stole children from people. Yeah. So you were just well, calling that to was a... wrong. Yep, right. I agree. So do you think that kids should be able to emancipate themselves from their families if they don't like the, the situation they're living in? years old i don't think so because well, you don't even know what life's about yet i would agree with I that but do you, that do you think if, any six-year-olds are going to follow if, through with that if they're actually done if they actually did and can prove that those people did what they did those kids should be taken away if but who did what not taken them away the way they did it i see you're they suggesting that if the allegations there, if the allegations were provable then family and did it not well, yeah. it's against our Constitution, and they're using the police to do our military work for us. John, go in there and just take the whole place. John, I agree away. with you. The government should work the way the government should work. <laughs> but the fact is, um, and when we show it over and over on this show and and so many shows, um, and you know for yourself, I'm sure for yourself, that the government doesn't work the way it should work. And it often doesn't work the way it should work. So that's kind of the way we're looking at it here is um, the government and, and fails. And you know why the government, government doesn't work the way we should work? Because violence doesn't work? No. Okay. Because the people don't stand up for what the Constitution stands for in the first place. Who's the people? You mean the people in government? or the, should, the rest should, I get my Glock, okay. should I get my Glock and head the down to Texas? the United States. What, what do we do, though, John? I mean, should I get my Glock and head down to Texas? I mean, I, I don't know what to do. Well, I, no, we shouldn't do that. Yeah, right. I'm I, not like that. but uh, So how are you supposed to stand to up for the Constitution? I mean, how are you supposed to say, I mean, look, I understand that people say the Second Amendment was really important, but I have to disagree at this point because no one ever actually use, utilizes it. People come around to take guns and they just hand them over to these people. So really, it seems like the First Amendment is actually a little bit more important because it's more difficult to actually take away people's freedom of speech. Uh, I'm not saying I'm against guns or anything like that. I've got three of them in the House right now. Uh, but really, what... What's the point? I mean, if the Second Amendment was supposed to enshrine uh, the, you know, the right to bear arms, but no one is uh, courageous enough to do so, then really it's kind of like a dead letter, isn't it? Uh, not really. No? Okay. No. Thanks for the call, John. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Look, I understand. We're allowed by our masters to, to keep and have guns, unless you're a convicted felon, in which case you aren't allowed to defend yourself uh, with a rock. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the Second Amendment is really in place and, and is, is, is being effective in the way that the Founding Fathers intended it. It was supposed to be there to scare tyrants, to scare potential tyrants into understanding that if they cross the line, then the Americans were going to step up and d- defend liberty. But Americans are a sheep, and they have never done that, and it's too late now. They're giving their guns over when they're de- demanded of them, and 
that's where it all ends. I'm not a, I'm not advocating violence at all. I think we can we can achieve liberty without violence. In fact, violent revolution isn't going to achieve liberty. It'll just achieve but some I, new. I don't think we sh- we can tyrant. really we can really stop the government by saying, hey, let's make the government work right because nope. it never it, it just doesn't. It, yeah, and it's because of what you touched on, and that is that violence always has unintended consequences. More coming up. You can take control. This is with your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live ampl for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features there we give away. So enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. Get interactive with over 2,000 listeners, over 350,000 posts. It's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. If you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shop with us at Amazon. Freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Uh, 41 categories to shop in. New items, used items, whatever it is you buy. If you buy it through Amazon.freetalklive.com, we get a cut. In fact, uh, the cut from March, I just got the numbers in, was almost a thousand bucks. For us. Gosh. So you guys are out there ordering a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, ride, wide, when you ride. say us, you mean you. Well, <laughs> it goes back. I mean, Mark, yes, come on. I right. have nothing else to spend money on you're, except you're right. this show. You are the show. You, you work very, very hard. You spend most of your money on this stuff. All those blinking boxes are a testament to what you spend your money on. Yes. All right. So uh, we continue here with the email from Sean. He's concerned about the, uh, the, the FLDS children. He's defending the state. He's saying it was A-OK for them to steal 400 children from their families because their families were secluding them from other choices uh, in the rest of the world. Let the, me continue. Yes. Yeah? Sounds like a similar argument to the homeschool movement, where they say the kids have to be socialized. Right. You could reverse it. You could exactly. Uh, you could say that. Well, the we need to have the state steal homeschooled children away from their parents, so we can put them into schools with uh, you know all the rednecks and the goths and the people that parents you know they don't want their kids around them. So a child we need to put needs them to learn them. how to knife fight and cuss, and the <laughs> best way for that is for them to be in a public school. So Sean says you've cited the fact that the FLDS aren't complaining about a arranged marriages at the age of 14 as there's no victim. The problem is that they don't even realize there's another way. They quite literally have no other options. They can't just jump in a taxi and start a new life. There's a lot of speculation regarding exactly what level of control the church exerts as far as physically preventing them from leaving the compound, so I won't add to this. But at the very least, we can all agree that a 14-year-old girl who knows nothing about this world has absolutely no ability to choose a different life uh, starting with having no knowledge that there are other options, no money, no outside friends or contacts, etc. Well, um, I would agree that that likely um, that little girl doesn't know, you know, that, that you know the average one of the you know FLDS girls there um, that they don't know what the outside world's like. But the evidence is many of them have run away. There are organizations there to take care of them when they do run away. Um, they these organi- organizations reach out to these kids as much as they can. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I can't say that it's easy, but we don't know what their lifestyle is like. Sure. I mean, I know they go in. I know that some of these people they go to town, go to town. Right. Um, and I don't know whether the little girls do, whether they keep them uh, hidden away or what it is. I don't know. I don't know. But I can tell you that the evidence is that some of them choose to leave. And when they do choose to leave, there are organizations out there to help them. Yes. Should we take away the choice of the ones that really want to stay? 
for the ones that, hey, you're kind of on the fence. I don't know whether this is the right thing for me. I guess I'll do what I'm supposed to do. You know, the 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 sheep among them? No, I don't think we should. For those that really wish to have their freedom, they do get away. Sure. Many of them do. And and I think that's something that, uh, you know, something that Sean just is not really grasping here is the fundamental catch-22 of liberty. And that is that if you want liberty for yourself, you have to allow the weird religious sect down the street or your neighbors or whoever it is you don't necessarily agree with to have liberty as well, which means the liberty to raise their children and isolate them from whatever elements of society they want to isolate them from. And how dare you have this... Uh, this attitude that, well, you know all, and your viewpoint is correct, and you know you think that because you believe these kids should be exposed to more things, therefore that makes using violence on their parents a okay and acceptable. If you accept that, Sean, then it's only a matter of time before somebody decides that you're raising your kids wrong, or that you're doing something that they disagree with, and so therefore violence is then acceptable to be used upon you. Really, it's only a matter of time. That's right. Sean, and, and somebody's going to come after you for smoking uh, cigarettes or chewing tobacco or eating trans fats or God knows what else. It's unpredictable it's what unpredictable. it'll be. It's unpredictable, and that's what happens. People, re- Certain segments of, of society will retaliate when they're oppressed like that. You can uh, you can be upset. You can be disturbed about what these uh, this lifestyle is that you disagree with. You can you can uh, use your money to support the organizations of. In some cases, it's the people that were in this group, this FLDS, that, that run SKBs, the that run the organizations. You can use your money to support organizations that help the kids that run away, sure, and that encourage kids to run away because they offer them a place to go. You can support them as opposed to. Uh, using enacting violence upon the families, stealing their children from them, and then forcing everyone at the threat of violence by government taxation, forcing everyone to pay to house these kids who were being housed okay before. In fact, there is some evidence out there that they were not on welfare, as some people uh, had suggested that they were. That's still kind of up in the air, uh, that uh, th- that particular determination. But, you know, th- there's two wrongs. I mean, you're talking about wrong upon wrong. You're talking about the wrong of stealing the kids from their family members, and then and the extra wrong of taxing everyone else to to put these kids in homes when they already had a home. He continues. He says, uh, maybe the Texas authorities have broken laws, but I know that you and I are both okay with breaking a few laws if it means bringing freedom to others or ourselves. Well, yeah, I'm fine with breaking laws, but I'm not a government bureaucrat, and I haven't signed on and agreed to obey by, by certain rules and strictures. And, you know, if you want to claim this government has any legitimacy at all, then it should follow its own rules, which it doesn't, and it's not legitimate, so that's a whole other issue. Anyway, Sean says, why haven't the Amish been targeted like the FLDS? I'm sure part of it is that they aren't breaking any laws like polygamy. Well, first of all, the Amish have been targeted. We read a story not too long ago about an Amish man who was busted for selling raw milk. In a raw milk sting operation. Oh. Anyway, but the key, di- again, talking about the things that you don't ever expect them to yeah, do to you, what right? Degenerate, huh? Uh, but the key difference, in my opinion, is that Amish children are required to leave the community during Rumspringa and explore the outside world. They're given complete freedom to choose whether to return to the Amish community permanently or to pick any other lifestyle they wish. In the case of FLDS, the children are nothing short of brainwashed and may live their entire lives knowing nothing about the ideas of freedom and liberty. How can you not agree that? This is a form of child abuse and has ramifications well into adulthood. Look, I may disagree with their viewpoint, Sean, but that doesn't mean I'm going to do anything about it. 
They aren't my kids. It's not my responsibility. I'm not interested in impressing my views with force on the families of another uh, of another group. It's none of my business. I leave them alone. They leave me alone. I can raise my kids in the way that I want to. And I would never want the FLDS people coming into my house with a battering ram and stealing my kids away because I'm sharing too much with them. I'm showing them too much of the world. We need to cu- to cut this down. They don't need to be exposed like this. We're stealing your kids shouldn't, from you. Shouldn't we, um, you know, when it comes to these FLDS, these, these fringe groups, people that have beliefs that are different than our own, shouldn't we really um, have the government go in and, uh, you know, g- give tubal ligations to all the women and, uh, mm. uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know... Put a stop to it completely. Right, uh, vasectomies to all the men. And then, well, they can, you know, if the government approves it, they can have a child by, you know, in vitro fertilization mm. or something like that. And while we're at it, there's a lot of stupid people out there. There's a lot of uh, people that – criminals, miscreants. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of other people that uh, might raise their kids in some manner that we disagree with. Shouldn't the government decide who can have children and who who they couldn't? I mean, that's, that's – That's the it's road just, he's going down. It's just an extension of his argument. Yep. He says, I agree parents should be free to raise their children how they wish, but... No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you but, don't. What parents, <laughs> but what now he, now he gets a little uh, touchy here. What about parents who lock their kids in a room and raise them like animals? What about parents who have sex with their own children? Using your arguments in the past, both of those situations are okay in your liberated world because parents should have complete freedom to raise their children how they wish, right? Well, uh, it's disgusting, and it's behavior that I don't agree with, and I may ostracize those parents if I were to find out that they were locking their children in their room or, or sexually abusing them. If I were to find those things out, that, I would ostracize them. That's extreme. Them. That's and extreme. I, I understand, but we is, have to yeah. deal with the extreme yeah. examples because people always go there, right? And right. They, these examples do really exist in real life. But this is not what happened there. This is not no. what happened. Well, and, and no. The, here's but, the, the instance. And they bring and this you, stuff up, though. I'll let you go on. But the fact is, I'm not saying that it's a perfect system. I'm not saying that libertarianism or freedom is a perfect system. What I'm saying is that the government is a failure. The government hurts people, and it's you know that, that hurting people is endorsed by all of us because we pay for but it. But what about the parents who lock their kids in their rooms and abuse them? We'll talk about that here in moments. 800-259-9231. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Oh, you're still here. Yeah, here I am. Hey. You're not going to be here for for long, though. Uh, Your last show this week is tomorrow, right? That's correct. Yeah, all right. Going to be gone for like a week and a half or something. Then we're bringing in Gardner Goldsmith for uh, a double shot. Friday and Saturday, he'll be with us. And then Wayne will be doing two, I think, the week after that, as a matter of fact. Uh, so, uh, go to freetalklive.com, get interactive with us online, there's lots of stuff there, and it's all for free. Again, freetalklive.com. Do you easily want to update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, innerknobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs, pulls, for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order by using code FTL at checkout, that's innerknobs.com, I-N-T. T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. See their banner at freetalklive.com. All right, wrapping up this email from Sean about the FLDS situation, Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They had 400-plus children stolen from them, and Sean is justifying it. He's saying it's okay 
because, well, they shut their kids off from the rest of the world, and so therefore it's okay to steal their children from them. That's what he's getting at here. And as I pointed out before, Sean, if you ever want to have liberty for yourself, you have to allow your neighbors to do things you're going to disagree with. Uh, But he goes on to point out, and he's going to now take it to the extreme, as people tend to do when we talk about liberty. They take it to the extreme, and they they give extreme examples as a justification for a monopoly organization. for For the extremity that is a reality today with the government. The going in and stealing of 460 kids. Right. So he's justifying that by asking about, what about the parents who lock their kids in a room and raise them like animals? What about parents who have sex with their own children? Well, I would suggest that you ostracize them if you find out. First of all, it's going to be very difficult right. to find out that parents are having sex with their own children. Absolutely true. It's the, going to the be fact difficult. Is, um, you know, if, if a parent really wants to have sex with their kids, um, you know, they're going to set up their lifestyle around doing such a thing. They're going to homeschool their children. They're going to, you know, they're, they're going to ostracize, you know, th- themselves from society. I doubt very seriously there's too many out there that are sending their kids off to school and their schools are, um, you know, they're at school they're blabbing about how daddy's the really be- the best French kisser. You know, that's, yeah, right. it's just not happening. Sure. And if that were happening and they, I mean, if they were on welfare or something like that, then that would make the problem even worse. But in a true free marketplace... People like that hopefully would not be able to get help from uh, from any organizations if they needed money or something like that. They'd have to – if you went to a church and you were asking them for help because you, you know, you're spending all your time at home having sex with your children, you're not actually out working and doing things, uh, then the church is going to come in. They're going to they're gonna know about your life. They're going to want to check on you. They're going to want to see what your lifestyle is like. And so it may be even harder for people like that to uh, – people like the FLDS who there are allegations that they were using welfare or people that were abusing their children. Uh, it may be harder for them to get that sort of help. So social ostracism, I think, is is far more powerful than anything else. But if if you still have violent tendencies, Sean, as it sounds like you might, then why don't you do your dirty work on your own? I'm not advocating that you actually do this because I think it's violence begets violence, and you you know may end up causing more problems than you intended to start. But go ahead and uh, kidnap the kids yourself. I mean, if you're so certain that there's abuse going on and it's so horrific that you feel that something must be done, then round up a few of your friends and go in and raid their home. You might get shot in the process, but if you're willing to take that risk... It's not a great solution, what you're suggesting, but... Um, I, what I'm saying, all I'm saying is that the solution that we currently have with the government is it's turned against us. At least with your, at least with private kidnapping, I don't have to pay for it. I don't have to be a party to someone stealing children from another set of uh, families. That's it, all, it's all on you then. And if, if there are consequences, they'll come back on you and not me. If it's a service that people want and that really, and I believe they do, I do believe that people want kids to be reasonably well taken care of, then in fact there will be organizations that pop up um, and that you'll be able to hire to do just such a thing they'll have you know they'll have uh, guys with tanks and mp5s that go in and and uh, kidnap kids and then you guys can hash it out in court look your honor these people are effing their children they're raising them like little animals you know or whatever it is that uh, you suggest you know with a jury of your peers or a judge to preside over it you can make the case but at the very least, you'll have you know some kind of professional arbiter there that is uh, responsible on a uh, you know to the to the market in some way Instead or of government a jury, courts. because currently a jury has isn't going to see this for years. Mm. 
if they ever do. But these kids, will, many of them will have reached 18, majority by that time. You know, th- their lives will be changed irreparably. The, and the government has, and the, the bureaucrats that did this, the hitmen that did this, they hold no culpability. Whereas you and your organization, if you went in and took these kids... You're responsible for mistakes. You would be responsible for the mistakes you made, and that's the problem. So you'd have to get your facts a lot straighter. But, you oh, know, yeah. but here's the problem I see with this. is Let's just say for a minute that government interference like this would be okay in the most extreme extreme situations like de- abuse and those types of things the problem is is that it never stays that way the role of government always t- tends to expand mm-hmm. and, and they tend to start to overstep their boundaries even if they're in check and they're doing only their job for a long time eventually they encroach they become too big too powerful and they start throwing their weight around absolutely too much. it's the nature of government it's the to nature expand. of power a concentrated power period doesn't matter well, who has it Great points. Let's continue with your calls. Talk to Tom calling from somewhere. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi. Uh, this is Tom from Maryland. Tom from Maryland. Okay. Hey. What's what's on your mind? And I wanted to weigh in on the uh, what happened down in Texas. This is something that, surprisingly enough, I, I did not actually follow this thing as closely as I did, like Randy Weaver in Waco, Texas. But I have, I feel like I've heard enough about it over the last couple of months. And there's something that has come up for me over the last several years, being very liberty conscious and so forth. Mm-hmm. And you guys, too. Have you ever, you've probably had some folks tell you at some point that you are brainwashed mm-hmm. for having the views that you have. I don't know if I've, I've ever I've gotten that, that I don't know that I've gotten brainwashed. I, you know, like, I've been called ignorant. Right, stupid, uh, crazy, yeah. you know, all those things. But you've been maybe insulted over your beliefs and your views, sure, and sure. I would, I would go so far as to say that a lot of the be- views and beliefs you have are because of careful thought and study. You just don't believe just anything, and right. I think that if you are a person who celebrates Easter, Christmas. And does all these things that have, like, Christian labels on them, but do not have their origins there. If you bring that up to somebody, and I wouldn't use the word brainwash because I wouldn't want to be insulting. However, I consider that being brainwashed. Sure. It's something that you've always... You but, always believed, or well, it's what we were talking about. What Wayne was talking about—the differences, degrees. I mean, the, the idea here is that if it's okay to take kids from the FLDS compound because they've been, you know, brainwashed, well, then maybe it's okay to take, uh, you know, Christian kids away or atheist kids away from their parents because they haven't been inculcated with the correct viewpoint. And of course, who will determine what the correct viewpoint is? Well, whoever's in government, right? And that can change at any old time. So, you know, you. There's no way that that you will be exempt from this possibly happening to you in the future just because you feel that your people are in charge at the moment. That could change. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and and I have just noticed over the years, uh, as far as like going back to Waco, um, I was on a couple of different job sites back in those days and was the only one, or maybe there would be one other person, who took my position of – that is the sheriff's job. It is not the federal government's job. They did nothing wrong. The media has made statements that you believe you have never. Most of the people who 
I ran into and still do who might say nasty things about what happened in Waco and say unfavorable things about the folks down there. Um, don't they don't know any facts? All they sure. know is what the the BS that the media told them. They don't know that there was. That the gun, there was no gun charges that stuck. Who has they time to look at all this? Yeah. I mean, I can't blame them for that. Who has time to really dig around and do well, that? I, I understand that, but yeah. it, it, I'm just a type of person. I mean, I really don't. I'm careful about forming an opinion. Right. About well, you're, what you're pointing out is they talk like they know. They don't know, yeah, but they and, talk and like it's righteously. When you have the county sheriff down there admitting that I can't, I can't pursue. Uh, uh, Pressing or following up, he's like the the things that we heard about are rumors. There was no facts involved. That's right. So. Well, and one thing we know for sure is that David Koresh uh, took regular walks, and at times they had to obviously leave the compound to get things and buy things, and so it was sure. it was totally unnecessary how, how they handled that. Right. Situation. They wanted to siege, siege the compound. They wanted to use their might rather than uh, you know using their brains. Tom, thanks that. for the call tonight. We appreciate it, sir. I was going to say, and the sheriff uh, th- argument is is valid because the sheriff is more local and they know the people they know the families they they can they can get a better feel for if something bad is going on there than the 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 state authorities who don't know anybody and they're just going in like bulls in a china shop absolutely 800-259-9231 you can take control of the airwaves we got jim in michigan dennis in new hampshire and your calls as well about whatever you want coming up here in hour three you take control this is free talk live our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne? And Mark, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right back into your phone calls, starting things out with Jim in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Jim. Hey, how's it going, guys? Just great. What's on your mind tonight? Look, here's the deal. You know, I've been trying to say this for a while. Uh, Here's the problem with the Patriot Movement. And we we got to quit looking at independence. I know Alex and all of these other people want to push his independence. They're, they're, they can't win. You've got to take somebody that's an independent and run them as a Democrat or Republican. We're doing that. They tried that with Ron Paul. We did that with Ron Paul, and it failed. I know that. I'm doing it right here in Michigan 7th District with Sharon Rainier. I've got to support you in that. I think that that's uh, on a local level that uh, likely you'll have some success with that. And we're going to win. We're going to win. She's already been on the ballot a couple times Mm -hmm. as a Democrat, and then she she met me and found out that, you know, wow, holy cow, there's a whole bunch of patriots that – It seems to work well here in, I mean, I'm no fan of politics, uh, I'm fairly apolitical, but but that particular approach seems to work well here in New Hampshire, where we've seen a large influx of freedom-loving activists coming here, and many of them supporting candidates or running for office under the R's or the D's, but they're actually principled libertarians uh, running under those labels. Or independents or whatever, yeah. Well, they've been running as R's and D's, and as a result of that, they've they've had actually a chance 
chance, and some of them have actually won the election. So yes, there is something to be said for that particular uh, that particular strategy. And thank you for the call, Jim. We appreciate hearing from you. In fact, speaking of New Hampshire politics, maybe Dennis in New Hampshire, uh, the, the what are you, the president of the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance? No, no, I serve as director of research. Okay, director of research for a uh, one of the political organizations here in the state that is uh, can I think definitely claim some uh, some pretty impressive successes. How do you feel about what Jim was uh, saying there? I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, any time that, especially if you're in a situation where there is straight ticket voting, if people go in and they know that they're a D or they know that they're an R because their mommy and daddy were, then. Yeah, there's there's no way in hell an independent is going to going to get much farther than that. Mm-hmm. If there's not straight ticket voting, you have something of a chance if your district is real small and that candidate's had a opportunity to personally connect with the majority of voters, then yeah, you got a shot. Uh the only place I know of where that's even theoretically possible and and has in fact happened is New Hampshire. So there you go. So what are you calling um, about tonight? Well, I was listening to your internet-only show, which was most cool, and you used all those dirty words, which was fun to hear you guys say. <laughs> um, and you were talking about the Libertarian Party kind of not doing much and about, you know, political progress in New Hampshire. And I've been crunching some numbers recently. Um, I, I can't give like, the complete details away because we are saving that for the Liberty Dinner, but the initial results are in for the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance's um, analysis of the how the representatives voted over uh-huh. the past year. Okay, that's guys, great. It's the report card, and yeah, you grade I them. love seeing it. Um, however, you you grade on a, a huge curve for these uh, politicians. Really? Uh, yeah, the, 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 I think they, an A is like eighty five percent and up, and uh, you know a B is uh, you know seventy percent and up, and and, and the, they have to. maybe the, maybe the requirements can become more stringent over time. Over time, I'm sure they're hoping That'd for that. Be nice as the students yeah, get that smarter. Would be nice. and technically, technically, it's not a curve. It's just that this, the the bar is low, and an A yeah. is eighty or above. Right. Yeah, a and curve mark is where is we want at least some of them to get C's that we think could learn more. It's like if we give all of them F, <laughs> then they're all like, "Oh, you guys suck." Yeah, you, know? you alienate them uh, right out the bat. Yeah, I agree. And That's also, sense. just just politically, if someone is against us twenty percent of the time, as far as I'm concerned, I want a whole legislature full of that. Mm-hmm. Then we can go. You know, what's the next? Step? Compared to what we got, I agree. Yeah. So, so we've been doing these steps. Every year, like taking really significant steps, usually toward the next step. There is there is a long-term vision in play here. Um, last year was the first year we had enough volunteers that we could actually have read and scored all of the legislation before the first public hearing. And that was huge. That meant, you know, the first time a bill comes up uh, in, in, in the political process, if it was an important liberty-affecting bill, we could have people there saying, you know, hey, look, here's, you know, here's yeah. the libertarian take on what you're doing here. And that's huge. That's that case where someone who is effective at communicating can talk to the three or four committee members who might be on the fence, get them to come over on our side and, you know, maybe kill or pass something real early in the process with just, you know, uh, a quick speech to two or three people, which is cool. And easier. Now, this, yeah. Yeah, it's a heck of a lot easier than getting, you know, a majority out of 400 people, right? Right. Now, this year was the first year that we did the gold standard. Our voting recommendations for all the reps on the bills of of importance that they're voting on that day. 
And we are the only group out there doing this. Uh, certainly in the state, you, you don't see anybody else with voting recommendations. Right. You know, so what that means is issue. what that means is is that uh, here's a sheet um, that that sort of shows you know um, what we recommend you vote on, and then it, then you give them ratings. Um, you're you're doing this carrot stick sort of uh, scenario, and nobody else is doing it. So that's the only thing they have to look for to get a better grade. Exactly. And sure, a lot of them will tell you, oh, "I don't care about you people," or you know. Or, or whatever, but now the results are in. And like I say, I, I can't give all the details, but last last couple of years, at most, we would get one or two A-pluses, right? People mm. who... The superstars. Of, like, how libertarian are they, right? Yeah. They're, they're the radical libertarians that are in the legislature. And, okay. and by the way, how uh, for, the, for the listening audience out there, how many radical libertarians do you have in your state legislature? <laughs> <laughs> You know, Dennis, I'll bet that a lot of them, when you explain some of these things to them, they probably see this whole the issue in, in a way they never saw before. And I'll bet that's interesting to watch the light go on for and, them. And how cool is it that they're the only ones out there doing this? And that's something that we've seen, uh, at least over here in Keene, uh, is that right. the, it's not the, the establishment only libertarian is, organization doing it. It's the only organization doing it. Right. Well, the establishment in general is very, very lazy. Uh, they're not interested in really doing anything to promote their ideas beyond just enforcing them on people. So, I mean, we've got all the TV shows and the, uh, you've got your own TV show, Dennis. So we've got radio shows and, uh, we've got all the, you, the, uh, the gold standard and all this outreach going on. And I, th- I don't know. The these other people must be flummoxed as to how to deal with it because all we ever hear is them complaining about it. That's all they do is they complain, well, you need to get these shows off the air. They're bad. We're not going to go out and make our own shows to compete. You just should take them off the air. Have you encountered that yet with your show, uh, New Hampshire Capital Access? Uh, I, I certainly have in that, you know, the, the, the Republicans know that they typically score higher. They agree with us more of the time. And I can get Republicans to come on the show and, and chat with us. Mm-hmm. Getting the Democrats to come on the show and chat with us is much, much harder. I bet. It, so they don't so like you, certainly, you had actually hadn't revealed what uh, you were calling to reveal. You said that you got the numbers in. You said last year it was two reps that got an A+. Plus. So uh, what last we... year was one. Generally, it's one or two. Okay. I don't think we've ever had three A-pluses. Uh, this year we have 17 A pluses. Time to raise the standards. 17. <laughs> wow. Wow. What I, Things I really are changing in New Hampshire. Also, we also have more A's. What I see is the nice. people who are sort of generally uh, cons- what they would think of themselves as conservative small government people gravitating more towards our positions hmm. on kind of every. And the more I deal with the whole political process and these people, the more I see how much it's to do really with personalities and, and people. Um, like the, the political director of the Liberty Alliance right now is a state rep. So all the reps that agree with him generally, they know that he's involved with the Liberty Alliance. The Liberty Alliance passes out the gold standards. They go, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I know Dan, and he seems all right. And right. his folks say this is Okay, well, that makes sense to me, and they just vote our way. You're, you know, it's so, an interesting observation that in that politics here, because it is it is more grassroots than elsewhere, is more likely to be based on those relationships as opposed to just sickos getting uh, you know elected to the representative because they want to wield power. Because there's not really much power to wield in the New Hampshire state legislature with what over 400 seats, the third largest citizen legislature in the entire world. It's it's good to hear about these successes. In fact, I'm going to hold you through, Dennis, if you don't mind. Uh, continue here because. Not only have uh, has what Dennis observed been happening, and that is that there's been a, a slow shift, 
towards more liberty viewpoints in the, the state legislature. But I think we might also be seeing a better acceptance of true sort of free market voluntarist ideas in the, uh, the political scene as well. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. And those features include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Both are free for you, so enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CII does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. Uh, we go back to Dennis in New Hampshire. He is uh, involved with the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, a, an excellent group and a very effective group working within the political system here in New Hampshire uh, that has actually managed to see some interesting progress over the last few years. How long has the NHLA been around? What, three years now, Dennis? Uh, actually, I believe four years now. Four years. Okay. And you said last year was the first year that you had enough volunteers to where you could actually have all the volunteers actually read all of the legislation and come up with recommendations on how to vote. You came out with uh, the gold standard for the first time, which is a, a gold-colored sheet that you hand out. Uh, you literally stand there at the entrance to the state house as all the reps are coming in. You hand them this information sheet that gives them the pro-liberty viewpoint, how to vote in a pro-liberty manner on whatever issues are, are coming out for them to vote on. And so these are great innovations, and they're something that you know no one else anywhere in the country is doing right now. And I will sing the praises of uh, you know the, the, some sort of political process if it's actually working. And you are actually making it work, Dennis. Uh, but it's the activists that are that are making it work because you wouldn't be able to do this by yourself. You and five people wouldn't be able to do it. How many people did you have to utilize to uh, burn through all this legislation last year? What's the what are what are the numbers we're talking about here? A little over 100 people helped us review the legislation. Wow, I did a few. I, I, yeah, yeah, yep. you did a few. In I, fact, you're you know. You're a good one, Mark. Yeah, I try, um, I try hard. <laughs> yeah. I do occasionally get an email from someone in whatever state, State X, that says, oh, can I get your bill review system? And so I say, you know, sure, here's the <laughs> PHP code and here's the database stuff, and now your next step is... Find 100 volunteers. every bill, yeah. <laughs> So, so you were talking about how you've seen the shift in that uh, the, the, you also give grades at the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, which is nhliberty.org, the website? That is correct, nhliberty.org. And if I'm going to pimp, I want to note, I want to note that uh, these grades that I'm talking about and some of these radical reps that I'm talking about, particularly the ones that are getting things like A's and A-pluses, they mm-hmm. are likely to be at our Liberty Dinner. That kind of segues in with Porkfest. It's not formally a part of Porkfest because we can't be a part of the Free State Project. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but anyone going to Porkfest or in the state at that time you know, should head up to nhliberty.org, take a look at the Liberty Dinner, um, you know, I don't care how jaded you are about politics. I'm pretty jaded. <laughs> yeah, well, you, Me too. You may have seen uh, uh, a speech that State Representative Steve Valancourt gave when he was talking about the Real ID bill, because it was videotaped and put up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And his whole speech was about civil disobedience and right. Henry David Thoreau and, and all that jazz, and basically telling them, look, you know, you have to defy the federal government. It doesn't matter if they're going to punish you. 
you know, this is your duty as as a patriot. It was, it was good stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, and uh, the the fact that Emerson and Thoreau are from New Hampshire uh, really do give a uh, they, they they give a different feel to New Hampshire. People can relate to that. The license plate says "Live Free or Die." It's kind of it, it, you know, I'm not saying that uh, New Hampshireites uh, really break the mold or anything like that, but it's a little There's easier a for them to step outside yeah. the, the, you know, the, the citizen. The box. culture of liberty isn't quite as dead here in New Hampshire as it is ever, uh, everywhere else. So you've seen this uh, this procession towards uh, more pro-liberty votes in the New Hampshire State House, and the the the, uh, the the House hasn't changed in the last two years. So the existing representatives have actually changed the way they voted, perhaps as a result of your influence. And you've noticed that it's been more of kind of a personal thing, like, well, so-and-so knows somebody else, and he's a good person, and so therefore I'll vote the way he's voting. It's not so much necessarily that they're voting out of a desire to necessarily control others, though certainly those representatives do exist, and they usually get Fs and Ds on your uh, on your report card. But it's an interesting observation, and I have to say I've observed similar things, at least generally. Uh, I don't have all the evidence to back this up. It's just kind of a, a case study, personal observation, and that is that... When uh, free staters come in here, it's generally a good idea to keep quiet about the fact that you're a free stater. Uh, it's generally a good idea to get to know people and, as you say, Dennis, get out into the community and volunteer and you know make uh, create relationships with people before they find out that you're a radical, liberty-loving person. And I have to agree with that particular viewpoint. And I would engage in that, uh, you know, similarly, were I in any other position besides talk show host. But I can't, I don't have the luxury of being able to pretend, uh, you know, or I guess pretending is not really the real, real that, the accurate term there. I guess I don't have the, the luxury to hide Privacy. from my viewpoints. Yeah. Or, yeah. So I'm a talk show host. I talk about liberty. So I might as well be out front and uh, be out about it, which is one of the reasons why I came to Keene was because there's so much socialism here. I figured, well, it would help counteract that to some extent. And indeed, uh, what I've seen is as a result of being you know, a radical and a, a known radical that the response around here has, at least from the, the people in the political establishment, has been friendly because they don't want to be seen as unfriendly because that's just the way things are around here. They want to be seen as nice guys. And it's led to having conversations. We had lunch. Uh, Mark, you and I, we went out to lunch with a former city councilor, former police detective, uh, Fred Parcells here in Keene. I spent an hour and a half with him. You'd been to lunch with him before that. And, you know, we talked about issues and we talked about where we agreed. And he talked to us about the things he didn't quite understand. And he agreed more this lunch than he did with me previously. That's where I'm going with this. Uh, I've been on the radio recently here in Keene again, and this time I was on for a full two hours. Uh, sure, there was you know some grumpy old man that said he was boycotting the show. We're never going to make everybody happy. But the callers, if that's any indicator of anything, and it's not really, but the callers were less hostile towards me than they were in the past. And Fred is certainly understanding better where we're coming from. We had Lieutenant Shane Maxfield right. in you from know, the Keene Police Department. We had a great conversation. You know, me, lawless Ian from Free Talk Live, having a, a healthy, productive conversation with the police in this town. When you're trying to convince people of things, they're never going to say, you're right. I'm wrong. Sure. What they're going Takes to time. do is they're going to take the nuggets of truth that they hear in your message that resonate with them for d hours and days afterwards, and they're going to incorporate it to them as their own, and they're going to say, this is the idea I had all along. Yep. Oh, and God, and I heard that interview, and I was just, oh, my God, I was just wincing. It's like, you, 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 know, you you're right, Ian. You did dive right into the whole, well, first got to 
privatize the police force. This is like, oh, God. Marketize. Marketize. <laughs> privatize suggests that you're going to take the government police force and turn it over to a private company. But marketize doesn't have, I, I don't think, that same uh, same baggage. But, yeah, I mean, what, what an amazing response. And, and, you know, certainly there are some people that are upset that I'm getting all of this, this airtime. But it seems to be working well. I mean, the, Lieutenant Maxfield, the... Uh, like one of the top guys in the police department, like I think he's third from the top here, the gentleman that we had on that show, and you can download the interview at freekeen.com if you haven't heard it yet, but he is in a serious agreement with us on a whole lot of things. This is a guy who... Fred he the that the, says that the, uh, the, the drug war is lost. Right. Lieutenant Maxfield is against the war on drugs. He's afraid to join LEAP at this point, but he's against it. And so this is really, I think, helping forge some really interesting bridges and relationships. And, and, and I've seen that progression towards they're coming our direction, Dennis, even with a radical like me. It's amazing. Oh, it, 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 politics is all about personal relationships. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate it. And keep up the good work out there. New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those, including updates. You get signed up, and we keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, you'll know first. If you're on the updates list, go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on it for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. The Free State uh, Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is coming up real soon here. It's June 9th through the 15th. Porkfest, you'll be able to expand your network of liberty-loving activists, businesses, and organizations. Tour New Hampshire on special FSP bus tours or on your own. That's, uh, let's see. Uh, Porkfest.com. I, just, I, can't, I can't read this scribbling uh, stuff that you got here. I'm sorry. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. Talking about the shifting that we're seeing happen here in New Hampshire, and it's it's happening pretty quickly, I think. I mean, all things considered, uh, Dennis Goddard from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance saying that he's seen a definite shift in the liberty, the likeliness of existing state representatives to vote for liberty, and that's the existing set. There's going to be a whole new set elected this year. It's every two years here in New Hampshire, so hopefully we'll... Elect some extra ones here if the political system is working, and it does seem to work a little better here than well, in other places. The, the reason the political systems don't work is power um, that you know is available, and there's four. There are 400 people in the New Hampshire House, so therefore there's not much power available. The senators as, are much more dangerous. Though. They are, and therefore you've got to watch out that much more. Yeah. But at, at the very least, you the the mechanisms for stealing an election aren't in place for the representatives, so they're less likely to be in place for the uh, senators, right. and that kind. Of things. So I think that you know we we just have a it's just better in New Hampshire in that respect. So we've seen uh, we've seen some even some progress in the political system. So for those of you that are into politics, there there's some success there for you. You can get involved here and actually not burn out maybe as fast. Uh, and also in the uh, the the marketplace, we've also seen some success. As I was pointing out in my interviews that I've had on the air, I guest I've guest hosted twice now on a local talk show here in Keene, New Hampshire called Talkback. 
And the first time, it was like almost all hostile callers. There were some that called in to, to back me up. But this time around, even though some of the callers were the same, they weren't as hostile as they were the first time. And what's really great is that I didn't have to go and beat around anybody's bush to get these interviews. They were given to me simply because the people here who are in the system are curious about Free State Project members, and they're curious about libertarianism. Well, they know that they're active, and wouldn't right. it be great to have these people active for my campaign? What do I got to do to make <laughs> these people active for me? Well, if they get because to... the politicians, they, they uh, you know, uh, to some extent, they just care about winning. Yeah. You know, there's power and all that other stuff, but there's not that much power here locally, and they just want, it's kind of, to some extent, a popularity contest. What do I got to do to be more popular? Do you also think that maybe they're being more receptive because they see that they, they voted the D's into office and nothing has changed in Washington? The war is still going on, still yeah. being funded. So Who knows? I don't know what their motivations are. I, I'm not sure about that. I, I won't speculate there. But I do know that I mentioned Lieutenant Maxfield. He's one of the top dogs in the uh, the police department here. He has said, to, uh, from my understanding, that you know, he's a listener to the show. Uh, I, be- I believe he listens on the nights that we aren't even on the air in Keene. So, great. I mean... Whatever your motivation is, if you just want to know more or learn more, just keep listening. I mean, that's that's the best thing you can possibly do. Stay tuned. Watch more Free Minds TV at freemindstv.com. Listen to Gardner Goldsmith over at libertyconspiracy.com and and keep you know keep hitting yourself with this message and eventually it'll make more and more sense over time and you won't be able to deny the power and the truth to right. uh, the pro liberty individually message. individually um issues and uh, you know looking at freedom on an in, uh, on a case by case basis it can be difficult to look at issues for instance we were just talking about the uh, uh you know what to do in child welfare cases where mm-hmm. it's the really extreme case where the parents are you know beating the kids daily keeping them in cages and having sex with them well yeah, like liberty doesn't make sense on that particular issue, but if you look at it on a whole and as an aggregate, it does make sense, sure. and it's a, a, a significantly better system than what we have today. It always mm-hmm. makes liberty always makes more sense than institutionalized coercion, where everyone is uh, is threatened. Well, that's and right. Everyone Be- is hurt. That's right, because when you you are always in liberty, you're always going to have those isolated cases. But when you institutionalize, and we still have them today. Yeah, and we, we do. do. We do, but when you institutionalize coercion at, at that central level, when that goes bad, which it always does, everybody suffers. I just think it's great that these conversations are happening here in New Hampshire. People like me aren't getting on the radio anywhere else in anybody else's hometown. Those interviews aren't happening. Nobody no. in Sarasota, Florida is curious. Nobody in Sarasota, Florida's city government is curious about what those libertarians are thinking. They don't even respond to emails, yeah. the, the bureaucrats. I mean, the only time you can even get them to respond to emails is when they're trying to get elected. And they, they say things like, we'll just have to agree to disagree. Right. And, and maybe they're just trying to understand us, but whatever. I don't know what their motivations are, but it doesn't matter. Because it's not that... It's not like we're going to go into these interviews or we're going to sit down to, to these lunches with these with these folks. And they're nice people. They really are very nice. Uh, it's not like we're going to sit down and then be convinced to all of a sudden start supporting the state. We are rooted in our support of liberty, individual freedom, and that's not going away. That's not going to lessen. So what these people who are part of the state, the government people and the supporters of government need to come to terms with and come, come to grips with is that things are 
changing. They are in the process of changing in a way that mankind has never truly experienced. We're, we're evolving to a truly voluntary order, a voluntary society. We're shifting away from the authoritarian model of government, and we're moving towards a voluntary model of interaction between human beings. It's inevitable. It's the next step in mankind's evolution, as far as I'm concerned. And if they can come to understand that, and they can come to understand that more people are coming here, people like me, there may only be 20 of us, this old grumpy old man called the week before I came on the show and was like, I'm boycotting your show. I'm not tuning in next week because you're having that lawless miscreant on the air. <laughs> and there's, a, there's only 20 of them here. Why are you giving them this kind of attention? Well... There may be 20 here now. Shoot, in fact, if you could get 20 that. activists in, any, um, in, in, a town, in a town the size of Keene, 20 activists is, is a huge block. Yeah, but there's going to be more than that. There probably yeah. end up being, you know, 200 of them here eventually. He just doesn't want to hear it. So sure. What? Oh, I understand that. But look, you either will get with the program. Or die. Or, you know, or <laughs> die or move out of the area because we're not going to stop. It's, it's over for you government people. Yep. It's just that, you know, you're going to have some time left to rule over others and, you know, give some friends some benefits and punish your enemies. You can keep that going for a little while longer. But the more people that come here, the more we talk about liberty, the more this message gets spread, the, the weaker and weaker the state will become. And the and younger, we the younger people here, um, you know, the younger people everywhere are seeing that the government fails. They're seeing that the government, uh, you know, isn't helping them. It's the older mm-hmm. people that, uh, that, that, you They're know, they want, yes. they, they want the government because they they believe the government's going to do something good, and mostly yeah. the government doesn't go after the older people. Not as it's much. True. It's you true. Know, if you're it, old and white, mm, you're not going to have as much trouble. And a lot of the older people I meet is still glorify FDR, the guy who locked up 120,000 oh, yeah. Japanese uh, immigrants, children, women, old people, and locked them up for the for World War uh, World War Two. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're on the way yeah. out. I mean, you just have to come to grips with it. If you're a statist, if you're a pro-government person listening to this right now, understand that if you're in New Hampshire, your time is running out. So you should start planning now to move out. Go to Florida. Yeah, Florida. It's, it's, going, the right, it's going the right direction for you, and, ba- and the vast majority of you want to go in there. Cheap anyway. houses. Go, no, great time to buy a house in Florida, as a matter of fact. A lot for sale uh, down there. So, so, you know, come to grips with it. Either come on board, understand liberty, and join us, or don't, you know... Don't get in the way because change is going to happen. And it's not going to be violent on our part. We're going to convince people one by one, change the hearts and minds of uh, people here in New Hampshire and hopefully around the country and around the world as a result. Because we'd like to be that beacon of liberty again to actually be that free place, that one free place that people can look to to say, yeah, huh, that freedom stuff works. We should have some of that here. You know, that's the idea. And the more people that we get coming here, the more influential we'll become. And the faster it's going to happen, which is why I encourage all of you who uh, noticed the just awful thing that happened over the weekend at the Libertarian Party's National Convention where they elected a non-libertarian as their presidential nominee. Everybody who's fed up with the Libertarian Party, all the people that are withdrawing their support from the Libertarian Party this week, take that support you are giving to the Libertarian Party and join the Free State Project. Send a few bucks. If you're sending monthly money to the Libertarian Party, send a few bucks to Free Talk Live's AMP. We'll get on 300, 600 radio stations. What's the Libertarian Party doing? Running Bob Barr as a candidate? Talk about a flash in the pan. More coming up. You take control. Bring up anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call. If you make it now at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you should become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. And get signed up for three bucks a month. It's uh, what I was hinting at a few moments ago uh, when we were talking about the fallout that the Libertarian Party is experiencing. Inevitably, I just we only know it simply because people have said things to us that they're upset. It's been the last straw. The fact that the Libertarian Party uh, has nominated Bob Barr, who is by no means even close to being a Libertarian. He doesn't even reach the level of uh, he's not even close to Ron Paul. And Ron Paul wasn't really a pure, true Libertarian. Ron Paul's like 98 percent. Bob Barr maybe is like 50 percent. 60%. I don't even know, but it's not even anywhere close to libertarian quality. And so a lot of people are upset, and they're going to pull their support from the libertarian party, and a lot of people are going to feel lost. They're not going to know what to do. I know how it is. I was there. Uh, I was there after burning out down in Florida or getting close to becoming burned out. I never really truly burned out because I found the Free State Project. After getting close to burning out and spending so much time and effort and money on promoting the Libertarian Party, it was all for naught. It was all just a big – it seemed like a big waste. I realize it wasn't a total waste because we did uncover some pretty great activists who are now Free State Project members. Uh, the publisher of the Liberty Sentinel down in Florida, Neil Connor, he's a, a Free State Project member, and I found him at the uh, the Sarasota County Fair. But needle in a haystack, I did manage to find a few. Uh, but for the most part, it was money down the drain and, and time down the drain. And so I know where you are. I've been there. And then the Free State Project is the solution because the Libertarian Party isn't going to get anywhere anytime soon, anywhere else. Uh, that's what all the elections show. That's where all the evidence points to. There's too much infighting. It's a political organization. And the solution for liberty in our lifetime is to get here to New Hampshire and join liberty activists together in one place where we can finally make a stand for liberty. It's what's happening now, and it can be better with you as a part of it. And if you can't do that for whatever reason, then send us some uh, some bucks. And if you can do it, send us some bucks anyways. And join the AMP program. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. It's 3 bucks a month. We can do it via any major credit card or PayPal. Uh, there's alternative options like money orders to get some money into Free Talk Live so we can reinvest it into the show and get Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country and maybe even around the world. I've actually got a signed agreement here. I don't know if they've gotten us on yet, but I've got a, a signed agreement from a station in Trinidad. And Tobago. And Tobago or Tobago, yeah. What? I mean, Free Talk Live in other countries? Yeah. How many other, how many other radio, talk radio shows can say that? Other, and they Not call so us, many. right? They call that out of the blue. It's, just it's agreement crazy. came into my email box. So uh, we were on an American Samoa for a little while too, weren't we? It was a pirate station. Oh yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Uh, but but yeah. So I mean, we're getting on more stations. We've got WFLA in Tampa coming on this weekend. I've got another station in Arkansas that's just signed an agreement. We can't announce uh, them yet till next month, but. It, they're coming it's on. It's really happening, and yeah. I know that people find it difficult to believe that their little $3 a month matters, but the fact is your $3 a month really does matter, and it really does help us get on these stations. Right, and if we get on more stations, it means more new people coming across the message of freedom and liberty for the first time. Also, many people who may come across it for the second or third time and who have perhaps been burnt out and haven't heard about the Free State Project and don't even know that all this exciting stuff is going on here in New Hampshire, and we help bring that message to people. So go to amp.freetalklive.com, and you'll get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there. 
at amp.freetalklive.com. Or you could throw some money at a politician and see how that does mm. for you. Let's go to Zach in South Carolina on the amp line. Hello, Zach. Zach in South Carolina going once. Zach going twice. 800-259-9231. All right, Wayne, you've got a story out of uh, Freedoms Phoenix. Yes, it's a link, but it actually the story is from this Monday's Huffington Post. Oh, okay. Where um, Will Mary uh, interviewed uh, Mike Huckabee and asked him a bunch of questions and, and, you know, what went wrong for him in the election. And I guess Mike Huckabee's coming out with a book talking about the direction America's going into. But what's really telling and interesting about this is, is when they get down to the question about what can the party do to reverse course and and that's what gets interesting. And and here's he says Republicans need to be Republicans. The greatest threat to classic Republicanism is not liberalism; it's this new brand of libertarianism, which is social uh, liberalism and economic conservatism. But it's a heartless, callous, soulless type <laughs> of economic conservatism because it says, "Look, we want to cut taxes and eliminate government. If it means the elderly people won't get their Medicare drugs, so be it." If it means little kids go without education and health care, now hold on, rewriting history. Wouldn't you expect? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you expect to hear these objections out of a uh, so-called liberal? Yes, exactly. Oh, you want to starve the poor and hurt old people? No, we want to help people that need help on a voluntary basis. You yeah. don't need a bunch of bureaucrats deciding how to spend your money to help people. He's just a big authoritarian that wants sure government on both sides. He wants some uh, government on social issues, and he wants big government on uh, economic issues. Well, he claims it's he wants not, to kill a bunch of brown people. He claims it's not uh, historical republicanism. He's wrong. He's writing rewriting history, uh, and and this is and people just believe this kind of crap. Oh yeah, Mike Huckabee loves Jesus. He must be right. That's right. He, he says historic republicanism does not hate government. It's just there to be as little of it as there as possible. Now, didn't uh, somebody named Ronald Reagan, who had enough votes to become president, say that government wasn't the solution? It was the problem. You know, and, and, and wouldn't, a, wouldn't the vast majority of Republicans say that Social Security is a failure and that people should be able to opt out? Wouldn't the vast majority of Republicans say that, uh, that, that welfare is, is a failure and people should not have to pay for that? To, um, you know, all kinds of things. And, I don't understand what he's talking about. And didn't Ron Paul say that if we cut, if we cut all the waste overseas, that we could actually tie these old people over and, and uh, let them live out their lives on, on what they what's in, in place now, and then sure. gradually wean the future generations off into independence. He sure did. Yes, he did. So how is he coming and saying this stuff? It, it's fear mongering, and at its worst. Yep. He's there's more though, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Let's see. Oh, he says if you have a breakdown in the social structure of a community, it's going to result in a more costly government, police on the streets, prison beds, court costs, alcohol <laughs> abuse centers, domestic violence shelters. They're all very expensive. But what's the answer to that? Cut them out? Well, the libertarians say, yes, we shouldn't be funding that stuff. But what you've done is exacerbate a serious problem in your community. You can take the cops off the streets and just quit funding prison beds. Are, are your neighborhoods safer? Well, now he's being, turned, to live? he's being turned into the guy that go, goes after Ron Paul. He's got nothing to lose at this yeah. point by going after Ron Paul. So he's going after the Ron Paul message. They certainly, they see what happened. They do not want to see that happen mm-hmm. to the Republican Party. They want to be able to tell their lies about small government and never have anyone call them on the carpet on it. And they're getting called and they don't like it. That's right. And, and why is it that we're incarcerating more people than any other country in the world? Well, I'm not incarcerating precious anyone. prison beds and things he's talking about here. You, you mean the government? Yes. Right. It, it's insane. 
Now he does he does make up a good make a good point here where he says with his experience in Arkansas there were a lot of so-called conservatives who said let's cut the budget but then they wanted to add prison sentences and they wanted to eliminate parole and they wanted to have harsher sentences for crimes and he'd say okay that's fine but it's going to be expensive so which do you want because you can't have both now I do agree with him on that sure I well, agree that uh, you know unfunded mandates suck on both sides of the aisle well you can have both if the government's not handling prisons. You can, uh, in the, if the market's handling prisons, then you cut the budget in that the government isn't handling that anymore, and the marketplace handles it as is necessary to put away whoever you need to put and away. And that could be done. Th- that can be done without uh, the problem, you know, without you know, marketizing the entire judicial system. Um, you know, a judge could just give somebody right. a sentence, and uh, then that person would choose. Well, where do I want to do my time? And the different sen- the the different prisons would compete in order to get their, um, you know, the, the convicts because, well, obviously uh, somebody would have to pay for the convicts to be there and that kind of thing uh, the convicts would want to work they'd want to get uh, you know better conditions to live in yep. you know all these things so he's pre- he's presenting a false choice i mean that he's suggesting that the choice is we either have government handle all these things or society falls to pieces and it's just absolute nonsense and we've seen issue after issue proof proof positive that government involvement in any area always results in the same thing. It results in unintended consequences, frequently resulting in the opposite of the original intentions for the program. As you touched on earlier, Wayne, it always results in the government expanding its purview. It might have originally intended to only do one, two, or three things, but it ends up doing 30 things. It does them all poorly. It does them inefficiently. And and it forces people to pay for them. Yep, and there's absolutely nothing that it can do that it can't be done better in the marketplace, all on a voluntary basis. We need to go uh, unscreened here to the amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Zach. Zach, you've got the last 20 or 30 seconds. Go, sir. Oh, I just wanted to add a few things to the list to get better gas mileage that you guys were talking about the oh, other night. Oh, please. Go ahead. Um, driving around uh, 55 or 60 does do a lot better. I've done both that and around 80 on long trips, and it does make a big difference. It does, okay. Also, driving without AC as much as possible and reducing mm. the actual weight that's in the car does a great deal of help. All good points, Zach, and thank you very much for that one. Yeah, if you can go without the air conditioning, then that's probably And a good quit one. carrying around that crap that's in your trunk. If you're just carrying around yeah. a bunch of stuff, you know, don't drag two five-gallon buckets of paint around with you, for God's sake. All right, it's been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. We're back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.